Greetings and welcome to A Night Adrift, the story of a cursed knight bound by honor to defend her kingdom from the ancient evil that threatens it. My name is Vigil, and I'll be your guide to the unforgiving realm of Valerius as the knight Aveline fights to forge a new legend. Remember, friends, that to survive this perilous journey, you must move with purpose, guard your soul, and always beware of the darkness. The knight turned from her cheering soldiers, pointed at the fortress city before them, and shouted to advance. The army marched forward into the realm of Archwizard Ixiel, carried in spite of fear by Faith and Aveline. The men and women stomped the earth with each footstep and sang ancient songs of victory. Some prayed to the new gods and the old. For her part, Aveline did her best to maintain the appearance of effortless poise beneath the low silver sky. Lark rode beside her, straight and proud. From time to time, Aveline glanced in his direction, trying to determine whether the strategist thought this course best. But Lark's face was a mask of serious resolution. She felt now as she had more than a year ago in Roland's study, overwhelmed and uncertain. The twisted nightmare perversion of the memory bubbled like muck in her mind, and she wondered, not for the first time, if Roland would have chosen the same course. As if he could hear her thoughts, Lark turned to the knight and smiled, a look of knowing reproach in his old eyes. With a playful lilt in his voice, he spoke to his charge. A waste of good candles. That's what I'd say to your father on those long nights when he'd sit and stare as you are now. Same heavy brow, same far-off gaze. So many candles burned away to stubs. Lark took a puff of his pipe and continued. Concern is a powerful ally, keeps a wise man alive. Anyone can see you've learned the burden of command over these months, but it was still a longer time before even Roland learned that when we walk this path, we can only step over what's in front of us, not behind. Not what waits a league ahead. I believe in you, Aveline. I believe in this army. Roland may not be here, but we march with a knight of quality all the same. For a moment, Aveline forgot herself and bared her teeth to smile from ear to ear. Her heart swelled, and though circumstances would not allow, she could have hugged the old man. Thank you, Lark. I hope I live up to your generous words. Lark replaced his pipe and between clenched teeth muttered, With every step, now let's go kill a wizard. Armed with heavy enchanted shields, shield bearers marched on the front line to protect the vanguard as a walking wall. Having fought giant beasts for ages, the bearer's metal was nigh impenetrable. 
Hawk-eyed archers strode behind them, glancing in every direction for signs of attack. Arrows knocked on their blackwood bows. Still loyal to the kingdom, the mountain city of Monticulus overlooked the easternmost port in Valerius. High atop tall, coastal crags, it was an enduring center for ocean-born commerce. But now, from what Aveline could tell, the city was bereft of the living. The knight turned to Lark and gave word for silence. In a moment, songs and prayers came to an immediate end. Walls once filled to brimming with mongers, hawkers, and merchants were home now only to quiet falling snow. The enormous stone statues that guarded the city's gates were overgrown with frozen weeds. Those silent sentinels, clad in expertly sculpted arms and armor, bore witness to lonely winds, snapping banners, and the clattering echoes of the army's equipment as they marched past the outer threshold. Without warning, the shield-bearers stopped in their tracks and brought the column to an immediate halt. Ahead of them, tall obsidian slabs stood scattered in the abandoned city street. Each about a head taller than a man, their faces were as smooth as glass and appeared as though poured on the spot and polished to perfection. Rough, branching tendrils reached toward the sky from their uppermost edges. The knight had little doubt the blocks were conjured by Ixiel for some nefarious purpose. The dark shadow crystal appeared to be similar to that manifested by demon-possessed animals. The crystal that slowly consumed their bodies and turned living flesh to dust. Aveline dismounted and the shield-bearers parted as she approached the mysterious objects. Never before had she seen their like. Transfixed by their stark beauty, Aveline moved her gloved palm toward one. A strange heat emanated from within. Neither snowflakes nor light found purchase on the surfaces of these statues. Around the base of each, the frigid snow had melted faster than it fell. Bare cobblestone ringed them all, and no matter how one squinted, nothing reflected on their featureless darkness. None are to touch these blocks, Lark, Aveline said. Give control of the squats to their captains, and together we'll navigate toward the city's center. But not a one of these things is to be disturbed until we know more. The vanguard is with me, the knight commanded to her strategist. Lark disappeared from her side to convey the words to the squad captains and beyond. But in the presence of the mysterious artifacts, Aveline's warning seemed unnecessary. A repellent, foreboding aura emanated from each of the black statues. As she returned to her horse, Aveline could see many among the ranks glancing nervously at one another. Beneath her, Stella trembled as never before. The knight soothed the horse with a gentle whisper and caress, then shouted to continue the march. The shield-bearers advanced, and the soldiers picked their way through the obsidian statues. Minutes passed, and then hours, and as the knight's army continued on toward the heart of the city, the blocks grew only more numerous. Finally, the crowded streets gave way to an enormous courtyard. In the center of the wide expanse stood a single, peculiar structure. A massive black cube, composed of the same mysterious material as its smaller companions. Hundreds of the statues surrounded the ominous building. In its face, 
two giant doors were thrown open to the elements. No light shone within. The snowstorm raged now, and relentless wind buffeted the army with thick flakes that held fast to their weapons and armor. A whisper of intuition assured Aveline her quarry waited inside. Small squads of guards were deployed to encircle the building, while the vanguard, composed of the knight's most capable combatants, drew close and awaited her command. The knight dismounted her horse and stepped carefully toward the dark portal. Stella's reins gripped tightly in her hand. At the precipice of the strange structure, the horse refused to follow. Aveline looked the loyal creature in the eye, stroked its snow-caked mane, and nodded before handing the leather straps to one of her guards. Many believed the knight immune to fear, but Aveline knew better. As she peered into the darkness, she couldn't help but wonder if this place would be her end. So many times in the months before Monticulus did she think herself doomed, blind despite skill to some unseen threat that lurked beyond the periphery of her sword's wide swing. Through her short years with him, Roland had warned Aveline of sacrifice, but only by the bravery of others did she feel she'd made it so far. The debt stoked the fire of devotion in her heart, even as lessons of a commander's importance echoed in her mind. An imperceptible tremor of tension racked Aveline's body. She put a hand to her ear and pushed her hair behind it to calm her nerves, then turned to Lark and her captains. All were staring silently into the black pit of the cavernous space. Worry and apprehension were inscribed plainly on each of their faces. Among the soldiers scattered between the crystal statues, hushed murmurs were hastily exchanged. Reluctant to linger, the knight ordered hundreds of torches be launched ahead of their advance into the obsidian structure. The small lights sputtered in the dark, their flames revealing black space on every side. Lark stowed his pipe and donned his great shield and signaling baton. Should fighting break out, his only weapon was his booming voice and the commands it carried on it. The rest of the brave warriors tightened their armor straps, unsheathed their weapons, and tried to thaw their arms and legs in preparation for battle. The knight gave the word, and the army of survivors advanced into the firelit gloom. After months spent in the steady cold outside, the heat inside was deceptively inviting. Each dark surface below, beside, and above seemed to emanate a mysterious heat similar to that of the strange blocks outside. Aveline raised her voice to address all those in earshot. Do not be lulled by the cunning comfort of this place. Remember the faces of those who have fallen and our purpose. Follow me now to victory, for we are the light in the dark. A chorus of guttural shouts responded in stolid affirmation, and Lark nodded gravely. But not a moment after the words were spoken, a monstrous roar reverberated off the walls. From out of the darkness stepped a gigantic creature, draped in swirling gray shadow. Obsidian armor was illuminated from within by an incandescent human form at the center of the monster's chest. 
No eyes dotted the head atop its colossal body, and its glassy visage resembled the perplexing statues. Together the group had faced many of Ixiel's abyssal servants, but none as immense as this one. With another teeth-rattling cry, the beast dropped to four-clawed feet and charged at the seasoned fighters of the vanguard. There was no time for commands, but the knight was confident the army would hold. Each among the company knew what to do, where to move, and when to attack. The torches nearest its thunderous stride were extinguished as the behemoth hastened forward. To arms! The knight shouted. Aveline drew her sword and watched as the shield bearers moved into defensive formation before her. The most skilled archers in Valerius let loose their bowstrings and hundreds of arrows whistled through the air. The beast howled, confirming their accuracy. But two fast volleys later, the monster was upon them. It crashed through the first line of shields and into the center of the company, thrashing its immense limbs about with fury as the shield-bearers struggled to regain their footing against the obsidian onslaught. Desperate to provide her soldiers a chance to recover, the Knight Aveline stepped forward to confront the beast. The monster paused, as if it seemed for a moment to recognize her, and then resumed its vicious attack. Possessed of unshakable resolve, the Knight deflected the monster's frenzied talons with her legendary sword to Randall. The weapon glowed brightly as she dodged and weaved with effortless motions born from years of training. Shards of obsidian rained to the ground as the magic blade did its work. Shields, swords, and spears dispersed and encircled the furious quarry, waiting for any chance to strike. Frustrated by the knight's defiance, the beast roared again. It lashed out in every direction, intent on wounding as many as possible with each swing of its long arms. Aveline leaped backward as knife-edged fingers reached for her. Archers continued to empty their quivers. Healers rushed among the melee. Keen howls of pain were smothered by discipline and pride amid the riotous cacophony of combat. From behind her, the knight could hear Lark barking directions and guidance. The shadows that enveloped the creature filled the space like smoke. The heat of the battle was overwhelming, and sweat poured from faces and hair to the black floor beneath those that still stood. When a fighter fell, reinforcements from outside the crucible joined the fray. There were no screams of despair, no sobs of fear, only shouts of command and lamentations of failure. Chaos reigned, but every warrior knew their responsibility to see the task was done. Though the army fought valiantly, Aveline feared Ixiel's mystical beast could very well outlast them all. She devised a plan and called for spear-wielders and shield-bearers. Within seconds, one hundred of each stood before her. She informed them of her strategy and deployed them to opposite edges of the cavernous space. As the shield-bearers set their bodies like stone behind their armaments, the spear-wielders hammered great spikes into the dark crystal floor. To these they tied long ropes, attached to each of their majestic weapons. The beast seemed bemused by this change in tactics, and paused in its destruction. For a better opening, the Knight Aveline could not have asked. At her ferocious command, the shield-bearers parted, and spear-wielders threw their javelins harder and faster than they ever had before. The hundred spears struck true and pierced the monster's shadow legs. A deafening, anguished scream burst forth as it attempted to retreat, but escape was impossible. 
The spear's tethers held fast, and in its frantic urgency, the monster crashed to the blood-soaked floor. A cry of victory reverberated within the cavern, and though her comrades breathed relief, the knight knew the fight was unfinished. Even now, the murderous demon burned with rage, slicing at the restraints. Aveline looked at Lark, and he raised his baton to signal for another attack. New spears launched into both arms of the beast. As it struggled against the humans, hundreds of soldiers piled onto each line with a vicious war cry. Hundreds more of those remaining moved in close to continue the attack, stabbing and chopping wherever there was an opening between the dark crystal plates that covered the creature's body. Aveline joined in the frenzy, determined to crack the armor and find Ixiel. Her sword shattered obsidian and cut deep into shadow. Sure-footed and bold, she leapt onto the beast's incapacitated arm and ran upward onto its heaving back. The soldiers erupted with elation and cheered for their hero. Darkness writhed beneath her feet, and wherever she stepped it rose like smoke. But the knight would not be deterred from her mission. Aveline raised a randall high above her head. Without hesitation, she brought the blade down with all of the strength she could manage. It was enough. The sword's indomitable, enchanted edge sliced into the beast's neck, and then parted its shadow head from its body. The light within its chest was extinguished. Its arms and legs were still. After more than an hour of fighting and untold casualties, the beast was dead. Aveline gave silent thanks to Roland as she jumped from the creature and landed beside a grinning lark. And though he nodded in silence, his tired gray eyes spoke volumes from beneath a thin sheen of proud, joyful tears. A chorus of breathless prayers was pronounced to Dawn, the god of light, by many of the soldiers still standing. Some approached the Blue Knight to offer their congratulations on the mission's success. Some simply collapsed to the floor in exhaustion. Others searched among the fallen for friends and lovers. The massive body of the beast began to evaporate into shadow. But before the soldiers could enjoy their victory or tend the wounded, a new mystery emerged from the dark. When the last shard of obsidian fell away, the knight Aveline gasped. In the demon's place, an unconscious, bloodied King Orleon now lay. A Night Adrift is written, produced, and narrated by Devin McKernan. Original music provided courtesy of Kai Engel and Chris Zabriskie. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Visit anightadrift.com to join Aveline's journey, follow us on social media, and be notified of new episodes, art, and stories. Thanks for listening.